0: Ladies and gentlemen, and everyone in between, welcome to It's In Season, the anime podcast that is following along right with you during the 2016 anime season. I'm David Major, some of you out there might know me as DJM, and, well, the day that I had always feared has finally arrived. Uh, my my podcast co-hosts have finally abandoned me and, and left me to my own devices, I'm... I'm all on my own. So, thankfully, uh, well, I do believe Richard and Cody might come back someday, possibly to finish the summer season, uh, in the meantime, in between time, you fine folks out there, uh, some of you out there might actually be subscribed to this program, so we're going to give you something to listen to, because we love you so much, and I'm truly, truly grateful. So, joining us... This episode on It's In Season, formerly of the Mega Anime Ultra show, your friend and mine, the anime spambot himself, Mr. Mark Huber. Herr
1: Huber, thanks for coming on. Thank you, David. What a wonderful introduction. I really, really appreciate it. That That's one thing that I've always been able to do is intros. <laughs> Pretty much from there, it's, it's all f- swizzle sticks and improvisation. It's, <laughs> that's all I got. I used to script my introductions all out, and that never sounded right. But that was, you know, smooth, silky it's, it's smooth, man.
0: One of these days, I, I might just consider that I might know what I'm doing. But until then, <laughs> let's talk about cartoons, shall we? Uh, for yeah, those of you scoring them, at home, but... for those of you scoring at home, we decided to talk about Taboo Tattoo and 91 Days, uh, and Mark, uh, in all his grace it is actually following along. Uh These are the two of the 78 shows that Mark is actually watching this season. So we're just going to jump in right where we left off with episode three. And we're going to jump in. Well, you know what, Mark? Uh, I'll call an audible on this just to start off with. Uh Going in originally, what did you think of... We'll start with 91 days. What did you start when you first started uh, catching on to this one?
1: Well, maybe to... To backtrack just a little bit, when you guys had your selection show, I was really enthusiastic because all the shows you were naming were shows I was uh, deciding on watching. So uh, being here now is is really exciting because both of those shows were really high on my list. Um, and I say that because I have this habit of at the start of each new anime season, I give each show that comes out on you know the usual channels at least one look. Uh usually I go in with no uh, information or no preconception of what this might be all about at all. So I have to say that both of those shows, uh, 91 Days as well as Tabuta Tattoo, caught me um, positively and in, in, off guard um, in, in a good way. I, I was expecting neither show to be what they ended up being, but I think both of them uh, are what they are in a, a really wonderful way. Uh I think especially right off the bat 91 days really impressed me with its art style uh and uh it very very quickly settled into this um mafia gangster um prohibition era uh wonderful crime show with all the um side dishes and and, and set dressing that needed to happen so I was immediately kind of swept up by it Uh, And and I thought the way it was telling and unloading, uh, slowly unspooling the show, worked really, really well. Uh, Mm -hmm. Now that I'm a couple of episodes in, uh, I find that whenever a new episode of 91 Days comes out, uh, I have to actually set it aside and intentionally make time for it. Uh, It feels like this is a show that is very, very meaty. um, And uh, it it almost feels like... um, uh, masterpiece theater in a way. So I have to kind of be in the mood to want to watch 91 Days, where there's there are other shows this season. Whenever a new episode is out, I just sit down and watch it. So in that sense, I think 91 Days is kind of unique, at least for me. Um, do you have kind of the same response to it, or are you like, yay, 91 Days is out, let's sit down, and let's watch it right away?
0: It's definitely a let's watch right away show for me. I really mm. enjoy Heavy substantive anime like this—the uh, word you described was meaty—and uh, I guess in the case of anime, I am a carnivore. <laughs> These are, this is the type of show that I crave with anime. I I, I am loving everything that this show is, not just standalone but just what it kind of represents as a series uh mm-hmm. the, the overall motif uh everything that it is and everything that it is not i greatly appreciate and i am just dying for more uh i've just restarted my crunchyroll premium series subscription good for you and It's it's really hard for me to not to jump ahead with this show because it's I'm enjoying it a great deal. I'm enjoying it quite a bit and I am ready to jump in to episode number three. Uh, it was called Where the Footfalls Lead. Uh, synopsis was Avilio has taken the first step towards his revenge. Uh, just for the quick reset, Avilio, uh, the protagonist of the story, witnessed his family being killed by a rival mafia family in the first episode. But Serpente's body, which he needs to provide for a cover story, has disappeared, casting suspicion on Avilio. Nero, the leader of the rival mafia family, Mafia family that is responsible for his family's death brother nero orders him to bring the body back at gunpoint meanwhile fango is looking for serpente the bo- the dead body as well that uh, our hero i suppose killed exactly what did happen in those missing hours uh episode three of 91 days mark how are you feeling going into this
1: well, I'll I'll be honest. Uh, knowing that I would come back onto this show, I went back and rewatched episode three and four. I think the show itself is now on episode six, and I realized um, that there really, especially in episode three, there is a lot going on, and it was worth uh, going back and rewatching it because this episode, I think, really for the first time in the show, it tries to introduce all the different uh, crime families, and the different interplay between those prime crime families, so who is really at the top of the food chain and, and who's sort of trying to stake a greater claim uh, in that whole uh, sordid booze-peddling business and who's sort of the, the upstart and, and who doesn't want to make any waves. And uh, this uh, double murder with a missing body uh, or what initially looked at uh, as, a, as a single murder um, really kind of throw a whole grenade into this and and I think this episode was really about introducing the different families and how they were individually approaching it uh, one trying to not make too many waves others trying to figure out how they could use it for their advantage so there were a lot of different threads coming together uh, and uh, I think this goes back to uh, how you were approaching the show you were really excited to seeing all these different threads um, being introduced and then intertwining and coming together and, and the very reason why I say, you know, I need to be in a particular mindset to watch the show because it introduced a lot Um yeah,
0: <laughs> well, it, it is introducing a lot. It's introducing a, a number of mafia families, uh, but it, it really does seem to be making its way towards our two main protagonists, uh, Avilio mm-hmm. and Brother Nero, as I'm going to call him. Uh, it's a wrestling reference, guys. If you if you're out there and you don't get the reference, it's OK. It's it's a wrestling <laughs> reference. Don't worry about it. That's a thing we do here. On its in season, but Nero and Avilio seem to be becoming, and I don't mean this in, in a normal way that that it would be in an anime. They, they seem to be coming closer as characters. Uh, either I think just they're becoming
1: intertwined. I'm not sure they're becoming closer.
0: That, that's a much better word because we could take this in a much weirder direction, and we'll leave that to <laughs> the the tumblers and and the deviant arts of the world. But yeah, this is I, not an anime where you can be looking for any ships. <laughs> it's well, not happening. No. Thank thankfully, thankfully we, we don't need that here. But uh, I will say that what I am enjoying about this show is that I'm so into so many of the characters. We already mentioned Fango. He he is wonderful as a character. Mm-hmm. Uh but just as a little bit in episode 3, Don Orco Uh, oh he was great (laughs) do do you remember this scene don orco when he was just sitting at the table trying the lasagna and it didn't have enough butter and then it had too much butter (laughs) and then he just not math (laughs) and then he just had that cook just taken away to do who knows what i mean you want to talk about being a g just a straight-up gangster. That—that <laughs> that is, that guy is a gangster. He—he is—he yeah. is definitely the Don, and, and I, I, really like love, Don,
1: I really love. I Really appreciate about oh, the character designs, and you don't really see an overweight, balding, elderly Italian Don in an anime looking the way Don Orco looks. And for that, I really credit the show. You really get a sense of the characters based on the character designs. And they're not not necessarily your standard anime archetypes in their design. The main character, maybe. He looks kind of like the uh, protagonist anime pretty boy. But everybody else, they really have a very distinct appearance to each of them. And that greatly enhances That is
0: what I'm enjoying so much about this show overall. In that it has no anime archetypes Uh, and this is a a weakness of mine that people know is that uh, despite the occasional show here and there i am tired of anime that
1: acts like anime
0: and this show is not that
1: and I'm uh, another I thing. Wait till we talk about Tattoo Taboo Tattoo. Right. <laughs> that's, and, and again, that's for that, the second that, half. that was a show I was
0: excited for too. So I'm just, I'm just confused. I'm just confused <laughs> as hell.
1: I don't know what I want. Uh, but, but I, 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 I do love want the lasagna scene. I don't know if, if I told you that, but my wife is Italian.
0: So mm-hmm. we Go. do
1: make lasagna in our house. And that scene not that she has ever threatened any family members.
0: So has no has food. Don Huber uh, occasionally had to make sure that there was the right amount of butter? Is, is that what you're telling us? The, the lasagna. She does.
1: But there's definitely a... Oh, she does. She does. Of, and she compares her lasagna recipe to her mom's uh, lasagna recipe. And then, you know, the, the males in the family are well, sort of wh- pitted against each other. Is, is like, which one is better,
0: Mark? I, I, well, is it...
1: Um, oh, of course. But, you know, each Absolutely. time there is, you know, a family dinner, then it's like, well, dad, what do you think? Well, Mark, what do you think? <laughs> the men have to sort of tap dance <laughs> around. But I, that scene was just so perfect. Um, uh, the way it unrolled. And and the way they were talking about the recipe, like it's it's not math. It's not you can't just add or subtract more or less butter. It's like it's it's a feeling. The lasagna is a feeling, and you're not getting it. So off with your head. <laughs> it was just so wonderful. You
0: know, l- lasagna is serious business. I-, I think that's something we can all agree on, and I think that might be a show title. But <laughs> I-, I feel like I'm ready to jump into episode four. Uh, this one was called Losing to Win and What Comes After. A uh, quick rundown. After the incident with Vano and Serpente, a war between the Vanetti and Orco families is all but guaranteed. Nero goes on the run with Avilio, where the two learn a great deal about each other's personality and past. But a huge man and his hunting dog are pursuing him. Uh, f- first thing i noticed from this episode is that brother nero can juggle Mm -hmm. Uh, he is a man of many talents and i found that fascinating and i enjoyed that we got to see our two main characters and uh, these two really started getting fleshed out that that was that started to become really interesting rather than just the giant mafia motif about the show itself we're really starting to dig into some of the characters
1: uh what do you think mark I thought the juxtaposition, and, and it's really great that we're showing, uh, talking about shows uh, three and four together in this episode, because they couldn't have been any more different in the way they were structured. Uh, th- third episode almost seemed, I know it's not the right word, but it almost seemed chaotic in the amount of characters and families and things that were thrown in, and the, the amount of action and then the body swap and the, the sleight of hand with uh, Avelio dressing up as uh, Serpente. And then episode four is about Avelio and Nero being on the run because they've been tipped off by Nero's brother that, you know, things are going down and you need to, you know, get out of town. And he literally gets out of town, uh, Avelio being the one driving him around. So it removes the viewer completely from the craziness of the city. And now all of a sudden the show has a chance to really – Uh, see this relationship between Avilio and Nero um, unfold and develop together. So it took this very wide lens and really narrowed it down on just these two characters, uh, which was such an interesting change of of pace, both in in location as well as in how the story was developing. And I think this is the first time that it was very, very clear that Nero was – one of the henchmen that was involved in uh, Avilio's family's murder in episode one. Uh, I don't think that had been as explicitly stated, um, but now there's definitely this added layer of complexity to the relationship built on top of it. Uh, Especially now that we are getting to know Nero or Avilio is getting to know Nero as, you know, a really nice guy. Um, Knowing that his very first hit that he ever had to do in order to become one of the made men was on his own family,
0: there there are layers here, and it is yes, like really starting to build. No, like a cake,
1: <laughs> an Italian cake, um, yeah. So a so lasagna I've... cake, no oh, layers like lasagna. <laughs> it took it too far, David. <laughs> no,
0: l- lasagna is never too far. <laughs> I think we can both agree on that. It's never too far for a lasagna. That might be a show title as well. <laughs> Is that racist, Mark, to to no. use uh, uh, Italian in a in a show title maybe about it's this ethnicist? show? Uh, I, oh, a I, I don't know. culturalist? I don't know. Hope not. Um, it, it's a positive thing. We 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 mean it positively and endearingly cuz cuz we appreciate it. We we appreciate the Italian motif in this show. But you know what other country that I'm appreciating in this episode? Big Mexico.
1: This <laughs> oh, <man>. giant, <laughs> this giant Clint Eastwood-looking dude. Big Mexico. Yep, who murders people and then stuffs them in a barrel. <laughs> oh man! And, and, and he his was dog, a bad guy, um, and almost unkillable. So
0: again, this was. He was one also of- a, a giant. A literal giant in this show.
1: So this was one of the interesting movements in the show that at first uh, takes Avilio and Nero out of the city and then in this peaceful setting, but then we have this monster of a um, you know headhunter with his bloodhound hot on their trails to keep the the uh, tension going. uh, Even though you know this was supposed to be the peaceful and away from all the action episode so beautifully constructed beautifully written and then um, a very very well played out confrontation at the end so i I think as far as episodes go and as far as story arcs go probably one of the better ones in um, 91 days as a whole Uh, although all of the shows so far have been just uh, outstanding But I thought the way this was structured and unfolded, uh, with the tension slowly building and the chase slowly becoming more and more apparent, uh, was just really, really well done.
0: I completely agree. I'm loving how the show is not afraid to go in multiple directions. Uh, This episode really went in a dramatically different direction than the previous ones, and I like that and it's showing me that th- there are shades of gray in the characters which is always mm-hmm. good uh, nero is not totally malicious and twisted uh, avilio may not necessarily be
1: uh, totally righteous he no, seems he to has be some mean pickpocketing uh, skills yeah, and he's out for blood whereas Nero seems to be the guy that is really among the mob bosses to be the one that has the most conscience at least it appears that way or that's at least how it's being presented right now so all of a sudden you are forced to root for the protagonist who is really out to in cold blood murder a number of people and some of the people you are starting to really get to like <laughs> So
0: well I wouldn't go that far but, oh, I like Nero. <laughs> and, and I don't know. Maybe I'm no better because I love Fango. He's just wonderful.
1: Well, yeah, he is. He, he is. Dirty feet on the dining room table. <laughs>
0: he, he is such a money character. Oh, man, yeah. Characters in anime do not come... Al- come along like him often enough for me and i'm i'm loving him i really hope he makes it through the whole series i don't want him to die at least until like maybe the final episode and uh, i I hope i hope fongo i hope fongo is like the mace windu of this series where he just has the coolest death if he has to die, I hope, so. I hope it's in. I hope it's in the final episode, and it's like something where all of his limbs get ripped off by beautiful women or is something. Like he he yeah, goes matter, out really, yeah. the, the way we all want to go out.
1: You know, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> well, what I really appreciate about Fango is he they play that character right to the line. It could easily tip over and become an absolute caricature that sticks out in the show like a sore thumb. But he's just right on that edge where he still fits in with all his eccentricities and is still a part of that world and not just some outrageous character for the sake of being an outrageous, wacky weirdo.
0: No, and, and if you see... And then May will eventually introduce... And if you, if you know anything about shows that have crime syndicates or, or the mob or the Yakuza, there are always, there's always at least one kind of really eccentric character like this. The one that really gets a kick out mm-hmm. of the violence and the killing and just has this totally off the wall personality. And this is just, this is another one of those things that this show does so well. And this is a character that is done so perfectly well that I just I just can't get enough of him.
1: He is extremely <laughs> compelling. Well, what I do appreciate about this show, this is an original, and it is going to conclude when this anime concludes. So I am looking forward to seeing how this all kind of pulls together because I'm I am absolutely convinced they're not going to leave things just hanging. Because it's based oh, no. on a manga or a light novel that just keeps going on and on and on and they just decided, well, we'll do 11 episodes and that's it. And then some people might read
0: the manga for the next 15 years. Or not. I'm looking so at you, one Titania.
1: Hair pieces where it's a, a true anime original and I think probably one of the shows this season that I would absolutely recommend people just have to check out. Especially, I would say, somebody who is just um maybe a more mature viewer <laughs> and dipping their toe into anime this is an absolute must see um i am curious though as the show is progressing if this wouldn't be some a show where i would recommend to somebody you know wait till it's all done and then kind of binge watch it start to finish because there are so many connections from episode to episode that I picked up more on um, now that in preparation for the show, I rewatched three and four back to back. That I lost a little bit having to put the show down for an entire week before continuing. So, with some anime, that's totally fine. But I think with this one, it might actually benefit if you can sit down and watch it all the way through.
0: Now, but tell me this, Mark. Mm-hmm you you give this show a pretty high recommendation and mm-hmm. you think that it is a a entertaining show 91 days uh what would you say about taboo tattoo H- how do you feel about taboo tattoo
1: uh, i might not recommend it to a casual enemy viewer <laughs> but i love it <laughs> such a weird show um if I have to come compare and contrast the two, uh, 91 Days is like uh, The Godfather directed by Francis Ford Coppola. Um, Taboo Tattoo is Sylvester Stallone in Judge Dredd. And it's not intentionally, unintentionally humorous. I think they know exactly what they are, and they're absolutely going for it. They know it's a totally preposterous nonsense show. And they're embracing it completely the show is loaded to the hills with um, anime cliches but i think they are using them and placing them so strategically that it works um it's 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 like the matrix if you were to strip all the weird philosophical underpinnings completely out of it it's just kung fu wackiness with uh, just a hint of sci-fi thrown in but as soon as you start scratching just a little bit below the surface none of it makes any sense
0: (laughs) but it's great and here is the thing about taboo tattoo Uh, here's me mr serious grown-up mature anime watcher david majors everybody i'm totally
1: digging taboo tattoo Yep. And And I think this is one when I watched the first episode again, I came in not knowing anything. I was about 15 minutes into this, and then I tweeted you and I said, you are going to love this show. (laughs) And I'm glad you are. I'm really digging it. I
0: really am. (laughs) One, because I like the protagonist. I I like Justice Mm Seiki, because he is not... uh, at least after the the first few minutes of episode 1 uh, he was not the typical whiny anime protagonist he he figured out okay this is a thing we have to do so i'm going to fight now and the action is pretty consistent through the entire show in every episode lots of times with anime there will be every show is split into segments you will have mm-hmm. The segment where there is the setup, and then the action, and then the episode ends. In the case of Taboo Tattoo, especially with episodes 3 and 4, I noticed that with both of these, this show is doing a really good job of keeping the pace of the action while still telling the story... At a pretty quick pace and at a pretty good tempo. That's another thing I like about this show so far is that there are really no lulls in the action. It doesn't really slow down. Yeah. And I really noticed that in episode three, Misery Loves Company, a quick rundown courtesy of Crunchyroll. As he's visiting Izzy and Tom's secret home, Justice Seiki is attacked by an ill. By ill an assassin from the kingdom who has possessed Toko's body. Toko, of course, is the character uh, codiferous referred to as McGee, and we're going to talk about her in a minute. Meanwhile, at the school, another assassin, Laka, attacks Izzy, a.k.a. Bruzy Fruzy. Now that Princess Ariabata has taken rule over the kingdom of Selinstan, the race to claim the Triggler's Tattoo, currently held by Justice, has been set in motion and wow, wasting no time with episode three. We jump right in. And again, that's what I'm really loving about this show. It is not wasting any time. And I-, I really like that especially. Like it keeps the
1: pace. It's it's like a workout. It's like a really good workout. Yeah, absolutely. And um I I think the show really knows that it's bread and butter is the fight scenes. And they put a lot of effort into the choreography and the way it's filmed. And that is, I think, where Taboo Tattoo really stands out. It's Sorry, I hate to use the term, but it's sort of stringing you along to get from these action moment to action moment. And those are so well done. Uh, and, and really where the show shines and where I'm really, truly enjoying it.
0: And, and I gotta say, I'll give the show a little bit of credit and say, it's not completely brainless. Uh, I, I appreciate all oh, there's, of the there's an internal logic so far. It. Yeah, yeah. and and I really appreciate all of the characters so far. Izzy's kind of losing me, though. She She's kind of yeah. losing me. <laughs> and on the other hand, a- as we go into episode three and later into episode four, I'm kind of being sold on Toko. Uh, She got possessed in Episode 3, but we saw that she was fighting inside of her own head against the assassin to try and Mm -hmm. break out and break free. That was a pretty cool sequence, and I I really enjoyed all of Episode 3. I enjoyed the fact that Justice was act- actually cared. Uh, he wasn't running away. Uh, mm-hmm. He realized that this is a serious problem, and, oh, crap, you're messing with my friend. Uh, this whole episode, especially the first act, the intensity was at a really high level, and I really like that. With action anime, I think that's important. Uh, it's got to feel intense, and it's got to feel organic. Uh, a lot of times with action anime, it will feel like... The the action and the violence is just there because it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. This so far is making me feel like they they are fighting for reasons rather and than you just, gotta
1: feel that when they fight that there is an element of danger involved. Yes, uh, what I appreciated right from the get go, uh, Segi or Justice is introduced as uh, someone who is taking uh, martial arts lessons from his I think grandpa, so right. he. Comes with a set of well-trained skills to the table. He is not one that you know gets this tattoo and then you know non-muscular dweeb suddenly becomes superhuman. Uh, he there is an internal logic to him being able to fight the way he does, and then the tattoo that he gets is an enhancement. Uh, everybody else around him is you know, essentially an an army trained or a kingdom trained you know, assassin. They know how to fight, and people get hurt in the show and people in episode three get killed and that adds really an added element to it where you really feel you know there is something at stake uh and then there can be real loss and there can be you know real consequences to them engaging in these fights and uh uh, being involved in this um, whether or not you want to argue that you know Segi voluntarily does it or, you know, he really doesn't really have a choice to participate in this fight. Um, but it's, it's a heavy choice that he has to make. It's it's not a, you know, mm-hmm. the, let's let's say by comparison, Naruto where the stakes aren't nearly as high because, you know, the main cast of characters is, is going to get roughed up, but they're going to come out of it okay at the other end. Here, I, you're not so sure. For example, I don't know if Lisa is gonna make it, or if, if Izzy is gonna make it, or Tom is gonna make it. Uh, or I'm know, definitely his, worried. Toco about is gonna Tom. make it. I'm definitely <laughs> so worried about tattoo. Tom. <laughs> well, for the better part of episode three, half his organs were hanging out of his body. <laughs> right. They even pointed that out. And, and pixelated a little bit for, you know, the, right. the anger viewers.
0: <laughs> As opposed to some of the other things in, in episode three and episode four that probably shouldn't have made it. <laughs> now, now, look. Everybody, it's walking a fine line. <laughs> let, let, let's just throw it out there, okay? Your boy, DJM, is kind of a prude. Okay. <laughs> Old Deej... Uh, I, I know I said in the previous episode that, that I appreciated Izzy. Not so much now. She's kind of losing me with how grabby she is and how she, she's just being kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? Overly salacious at gropy. times. <laughs> yeah. Gropey. Gropy. Gropy is, yeah. is a word. I was trying to be a bit more delicate, but you know what? We'll just say she, she's gropy. And And, uh, and so far,
1: I think through episode six, the gropiness seems to be um, limited to all the female characters.
0: And don't
1: get me wrong here. You guys
0: out there that follow me at Just Call Me DJM know that I would be saying this if it were a male character. I would be saying this if it were a female character. I would be saying this if it were a character somewhere in between or out of that spectrum. Don't like grabbiness. It's not nice.
1: Yeah, it doesn't necessarily add anything in particular to the show other than the fan value. And and I hate that we've sort of glossed over uh, But what, what value it really does it provide is that's by calling thing. it fan service.
0: But, but <laughs> it's what, really what just v- something
1: quite horrible. What what value
0: does it provide? Who who is being served by Izzy? Grabbing Toco.
1: Well, ostensibly, I think the people they want to sell the Blu-ray DVDs to. Oh, I'm guessing uh, it's it's going to be a while before that anime cliche gets. But they
0: can just buy the dojin. <laughs> For God's sakes, you can buy the dojin.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, my enjoyment wouldn't be diminished if those scenes weren't in it. And having the the gropiness, uh in Taboo Tattoo doesn't necessarily make the show better for me. I could take it or leave it. I, I, but uh, I think that's I, that's why I said from the beginning: if I were to recommend this show, I would not recommend it to somebody who's just dipping their toes into anime. Yeah,
0: because, because that, I that think is, you need to that's see defi- how that's
1: it de- slates in in the overall uh, universe of anime. To appreciate what it is,
0: I, I definitely was, think
1: <laughs> if
0: it didn't have that issue of the fan "quote unquote" service, I, I believe this would be an outstanding anime. But it's it's still a little too what's the word I'm looking for. It's still a little too cute for its own good. It's winking at the camera just a little too much, and that's where the fan service comes into play. But I'm still enjoying the show. I can still recommend it, which is why we're going to talk about Episode 4. Episode 4 is called Distance. After getting a taste of his own powerlessness in the previous battle, Justice returns to his intense training with Blue Rose, led by Izzy, to master the use of his tattoo. Meanwhile, the recent silent private tattoo force serving Princess Arya, the Brahmin, finally makes its move by attacking what the White Rose team, headed by Izzy's friend, Lisa. Lisa. There was something that really freaked me out in this episode, Mark. Mm. There was a guy in this show. His name is David. And he died. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and, and he was black. Oh, I'm so I sorry. saw that I and was like, no, connection. I died. Oh, no. <laughs> the black guy named David died. Oh, no.
1: Well, he was one of four others three of them not black that also met a very untimely demise
0: yeah at least it's not like the walking dead where it's only the black person that dies (laughs) but yeah episode four um I, i enjoyed this one too again the the pace was good it jumps right into the action justice is not backing down and Everything about this episode really kind of from start to finish was Mm. really entertaining. I I don't know how you felt about it. I, I thought it was great. I, I even, I mean, I, I I had a hard time writing notes for this episode mostly because it was just like from start to finish. This was all, yeah, start to finish. It was all just really, really fun and exciting. Just I dug it. That, that was really what, what I felt. It's just. It just felt right from start to finish.
1: Yeah, and and I like the uh, the safe house uh, training sequence, sort of, which looked a little bit like uh, Star Trek holodeck or uh, Morpheus and Neo uh, in the Matrix uh, practicing with one another. So uh, every show like this needs a good... um, training sequence and, there, and
0: there's nothing wrong with right a good there. training montage if, we, if we've learned anything from the 80s mark there's no if you can have a good training montage that You're can pretty much make that can make up for your awful
1: fan service it can make up for that and now we have a first running joke established and that is just as uh, obliterating the house that he stays in <laughs> with this void power <laughs> for staking up well, Half of it uh, in episode three and then completely obliterating it as he's trying to get out of the safe house that he's locked up in. Well, if nothing else, the army will pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'm sure Izzy's running up quite a tap. Yeah, she is.
0: <laughs> but uh, and probably a couple of lawsuits by the time this is over.
1: Yeah, it's still befuddling that they uh, leave such a important mission to essentially just Two. <laughs> Two people. You know, details, details.
0: Maybe they're just the front of it all. That's how these operations usually work. There's, like, the front, and then there's whoever is pulling the strings and making things happen behind the scenes. The, the Illuminati, or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, this, this is one of
1: those moments where you just can't scratch too hard on the surface.
0: <laughs> Otherwise nope. it might you know, all fall apart. Hey, we're only at episode four. We're only at episode four.
1: Maybe we'll see more as time goes on. That's true. Um, But unlike uh, 91 Days, which is going to be a self-contained anime-only arc, um, with Taboo Tutu, I'm a little bit more worried because it's based on an anime that's been around since 2009. So I have no idea how much they're either trying to shove as much content into i don't know how many episodes they're gonna be 11 or 26 i'm gonna guess somewhere in the neighborhood of 11 um and leave us hanging and um it's one of those where it says you know if you want to know the ending start buying the anime or where they're just uh,
0: you gotta read the manga for the next
1: 20 years (laughs) you gotta read the manga not the anime you gotta read the manga um or where they are trying to um uh Time lapse shortens so much activity that you might end up getting lost. So I'm excited about the show, but I'm also really, really apprehensive. Uh, all the things that so far have made it really enjoyable, I worry that there's the potential down the line that uh, the the good aspects of it, the humor that I'm enjoying so far, uh, kind of. Get placed on rails, and you know all of a sudden justice becomes super duper powerful, and it beca- it races toward the oh, inevitable confrontation, and then he wins. And yeah, well, <laughs> just the, like uh, any Stallone movie or the, the good movie. guy has to Cole win movie. It has an interesting premise, but then the second half is always you know very predictable. Well, the the good, good guy has to win you eventually. That.
0: That's kinda how it has to go. The good guy has to win eventually, and, and he's gotta get the girl because Toko obviously said at the end of episode four she's gonna stay with him and he's gonna protect her. So
1: I mean there you go. Or, well, and every once in a while you you'll have a show that throws you a curveball um for all the And
0: and they he, get together he, right at the beginning made, of the well, series. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Rather than saving it <laughs> yeah, for I the end happens. like like so many other shows do, they save it for the end. Uh Justice and Toko in the fourth episode are like, yeah, let's like we're we're going to get through this. And hey, we have an actual canon couple. So yeah. even taboo tattoo is ruining things for the
1: shippers. <laughs> yeah, so I'm really excited to see how both of these shows uh, are going to develop over the next couple of episodes. Um, so I, am I, Mark. I, day 91 Days is going to be much more unpredictable. I and mean, I really have no idea how it's going to unfold, who's going to come out in the end, who's going to be uh, seen as a good guy, bad guy in the end. Taboo Tattoo... Uh, has thrown enough curveballs that I think Mark, it's going to remain really interesting, but I don't know. I think in the case gonna...
0: of Taboo Tattoo, we might think we know where it's going to end, but it really does seem like it's going to be a really fun ride.
1: Yes. Absolutely.
0: And this episode of It's In Season has been a pretty fun ride, I'd say. Uh, Mark, yeah, thanks for thank joining you. us. Thank uh t- A lot of fun. And I I I have an inkling feeling you might be back again in the not too distant future. So in the meantime in between time tell everybody out there where they can find you online.
1: Uh right now my main online presence is on Twitter where I tweet under anime spam bot all the stuff I'm watching. <laughs> and he watches a lot folks. He yes.
0: watches way more Watch. than the, the two shows that we do here on it's in season however comma he will be talking about the two shows that we're watching here on it's in season which you can subscribe to in all the places podcasts can be subscribed to so do that and make sure you check out the anime podcast of some sort at deltajuliamike.com mike.com and that's in the podcast places too and hey if you like this show Go ahead and go into the iTunes, the Stitcher, the the podcasting place of your choosing, and uh, give all its in season the all five stars. Help us out and get a few people out there uh, to check us out and make sure they they know that we're out there. We'd really appreciate it. And uh, as always, uh, this is DJM David Majors, Cody and Richard will be back soon. Mark, thanks again. Thank you very much. My pleasure. And, and thank you for listening.